podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, you miserable bastards, and welcome to this week's Misery Hunters podcast. I am not Jamie Coburn. Jamie Coburn sells beer and goes to Italy and stuff like that, whereas I, Mark Jardin, I'm here to talk to you about someone. Because you care. Because I care, exactly. The voice you hear there is the voice of Andrew Christie. Hello. All right. And joining us this time for his main podcast debut, I believe. I think Patreon's... Patreons may well have heard these dulcet quiz tones, but here we are, let loose in the mainstream. We have Billy Hogg. Out from behind the paywall. Yeah, I was going to say, usually you have to <laughs> have to pay three quid to listen to me do extremely difficult superman questions that have people uh, shouting at their phones and or laptops. But, and just to but be clear, that one of, those, one of those people that pays that three pounds to listen to that is you as well, so... Uh, yeah, I feel I feel we should negotiate that. Uh, uh, just keep, keep your receipts and we'll get you after. Uh, Join your union, shut the fuck up, Billy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's true. So, true. anyway, here we are. Sitman FC did not have a game this weekend. Safe, tucked up in beds, not doing anything silly after securing their top six case. Please, even. There we go, that'll, that'll stay in. Um, <laughs> the previous weekend, but there was some Superman action to get excited about this weekend. And uh, Billy, you were there. Talk us through Superman one, Stenhouse Muir one. Yeah, when uh, Sunday, I yeah, it's one of my uh, a rare non hungover Sunday. You put it Sunday before after the Kilmarnock game, where I was fucking dead for about <laughs> hours and hours on end that entire day. As anyone, anyone who's seen me that Saturday night will. Be totally unsurprised to hear about, good. but uh, it's a good night. It was it was a tremendous night. Uh, but what was also good was the Spurn women's game on Sunday. See, effortless, effortless segue. What, what a segue! That's why he's <laughs> podcasted before. Yeah, no. So um, yeah. So Sunday I wasn't uh, wasn't doing anything else. Uh, I'm told there was some kind of game at Hamden that some people were some people cared about or watching the telly. No but, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and due to the fact that I live ten minutes from the ground, I thought, well, I'll go down, go down to the, go down to Smyzer Stadium and get my uh, fix of Superman action for the weekend. Uh, it was the first time I'd seen the Superman women's team uh, in person. I've been to uh, been to see the Scotland women before, but I'd never, uh, never been down to the ground uh, for a women's game. Uh, and yeah, but um, I would, I would, I would highly recommend it. Uh, seen met a few of the. Few of our, a few of our patrons at the game. Uh, obviously, it's very, very family friendly atmosphere. Very different to, uh, you know, having people like hurl abuse at Willie Collum or whoever for, as as tends to happen at a, a men's game. But, but no, it was a, it was a good match. Uh, it was decent, decent turnout. I, I, I don't know if there was a number now, but there was, was a few hundred at least, I think. And uh, yeah. Uh, watched um, uh, watched Kieran McIntyre get the opener, which was a uh, yeah, just a, a great moment. It's like one of those things. Like it doesn't matter if it's men's, women's, anything like that. If I if I'm at Sutton Park and there's people wearing the black and white, it's it's all one general. It's, it's it's all one 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, as as one as a great man once said, uh, this is our town, this is our team. So that's, uh, <laughs> it's d- d- definitely my attitude towards things. I look like. Uh... Than, so I was going to say, he said it more than once, Billy. He's, he's said it <laughs> around around <laughs> nineteen <laughs> times. I see. Yeah. Just going to say, looked at it looked like a, a real special moment for Kieran McIntyre as well. Uh, we also were yeah. lucky enough to talk to Tomo back in um, March, April, uh, and we talked to him about scoring for his boyhood club. But I just, I just surely just doesn't get better than that as a professional yeah. footballer. Like totally scoring for your your childhood team at the stadium as well must give it that bit of extra magic as well. Yeah, that was um. Well, uh, we'll come back to to that goal very shortly, but um, but just also to give it its uh, its due place, uh, Lucia Zamorano's goal for Stenhouse Muir <laughs> was an absolute stormer, an absolute ripper. Uh, yeah, I would I would highly recommend highly recommend anyone looks that one out because I was a uh, it, was, it was the other side of the pitch for me, and I don't know if you ever get this when you're at a game, you see a goal and you're like, like. You're sort of like the goal's amazing, but you expect when you watch back, like maybe it wasn't that good, maybe it just looked yeah. different from that angle. Yeah, I, I watched the highlights back yesterday, and uh, I'm willing, willing to be proven on this. I think it's the best goal scored at the ground this season, off the top of my head. If Do you know the goal I have in my head, and it was the away team as well, was um, McLennan. For was that for Aberdeen? Was that their goal? In mm, the... That was a good one, actually. In, but, in and, the three, uh, or, or, or was it Kennedy? Oh no, sorry. Kennedy. Uh, yeah, yeah Kennedy. Sorry, my mistake. I met Kennedy. Matty Kennedy. Kennedy. Yeah. yeah, that was really good but, goal. But uh, in terms of where you would have been sitting for for this one and where I normally sit when when not on commentary duty and back in my normal seat with the people, um, <laughs> that I, I kind of sit in a similar position. And there's something about seeing a goal like that at the time and then going back. In, in your head it's just it's got an extra 20 yards on it it, it yeah, moves exactly. two extra times in there but actually watching the highlights for that it's a it's a peach well the the, the famous one for that is the the Mark Yardley goal against Morton in 2002 yeah. which is a slight before my time and I, I I've always never seen on it, the internet. No, it, it, it it was just long enough ago that like games just weren't recorded then like it was first first round of the league cup and just like there wouldn't be any cameras for it or anything like that but uh, I think he beats two or three men in scores, but <clears throat> every year people add on another player. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So like, by, by now, it's the call of the entire Morton team and the subs all came on, they ran rings around them for three minutes. And then, I mean, <laughs> Barry then Paisley ended up in Capolo. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and the great thing is, no one no one can ever prove that wrong. I mean, you can't prove exactly. that wrong, obviously. You, didn't fucking, you know what I mean? But like, did he, beat, did he beat two men or six? No one knows. Twelve. And no one will ever see that goal again. <laughs> no, it's still it was like Diego Maradona. He beat uh, he beat Chris Waddle twice. Um, <laughs> yeah, I alluded to us uh, circling back to to Kira McIntyre's goal, and uh, I'm delighted to say, having listened to us three idiots talk about it, we can now open something up for you here. And joining us is a, a very special guest. So, with no further ado, I will hand you over to myself. <laughs> so. As mentioned, we're joined this week by a special guest joining us all the way from the Smyza Stadium where she's taken up residence. We've got Kira McIntyre. Kira, how's it going? Good, thank you. How are you guys? Good. Yeah, good. Not too bad at all. Glad to have so, a nice summer story to talk about from the from the weekend. How, it's been a how, season. How, how was your weekend? Did you get up too much? <laughs> <laughs> 
No, it was good. It was good to be fair. It was a good occasion. I think um, the shine, the shine was taken off a wee bit by not winning. I felt we should have won. Um, I'll never really be happy if we've we've not won. But um, no, it was it was a good day. But did you play in the the previous game at the stadium as well, or was that your first time? No, I did play in the previous one. Yeah, it was obviously a game that we were absolutely not expected to win as well. So. Um, the, the last one, I think we took them by surprise a wee bit with Westdike. Um, remains to be seen, obviously, th- this Sunday will decide if they get promoted or not. But yeah, um, yeah no, we showed up that day um, with a 3 0 win. And then, to be fair, I thought we weren't bad on Sunday. Um, but we started well and finished well. We just had a bit of a dip in, in the middle. Um, and it, it probably cost us two points, unfortunately. But it was one of these games that maybe could have gone either way. Um, they're probably sitting saying, well, we probably feel we we should the one scored the penalty. It's probably a different story. So, uh, but no, it was it was a really good day, and to have played at the stadium twice this season has, um, been special for us as well. In terms, has that of- been a bit of a um a kind of recurring theme this season? You mentioned the West Bank game when you kind of maybe outperformed the expectations, and has that been a something that you guys have kind of had over the season where you've kind of exceeded expectations? Yeah, I think I think at times, but I think probably where we've let ourselves down a wee bit this season's with a bit of inconsistency because there are games that we've lost and you just think like how how did we not win those games? And I think we have kind of gone from strength to strength throughout the season. Um, we've actually we've got a, a very strong squad now, definitely compared to I mean definitely compared to how we finished last season, but um even compared to how we started this season, it's it's quite a different picture for us. Um and there are games where we've picked up points we maybe weren't expected to. We probably weren't expected to go and beat Falkirk. Um we probably weren't expected to, to beat Westlake at home. But um, you know, I think looking ahead to next season, you look at games like, you know, the Gifnick game. Um and you think like those are games we have to win next season. When we um when we spoke to Kate Cooper at the start of the season, Stenhouse, you were actually one of the teams that she had kind of flagged up as if if you're maybe coming from a, a position like like most of us are, where we've only really followed the the men's side up to now, you would assume that Sitman are going to dwarf resources and all the rest of it with Stenhouse. But actually, she'd kind of identified them as a team that had been around for a while, that were well run and and really canny. So I think um. There's got to be some some pleasure, truly, from coming into a side like that and, and, and standing up against them and thinking, actually, we could have taken a bit more there as well. Yeah, I think so. I think probably what's quite important for us is we did manage the game, even though we didn't win it. Um, actually, we lost 2-1 to a last-minute goal against them the last time out, so it was really important that we didn't do that again. Um, a point's a point, probably, at this stage, <laughs> in a team that's beaten us home and away this season. So... Um, they are a good side. They are a well-established team. They are a team that, up until we took, you know, that that point against them, had a very good chance of promotion. Um, so there have been good results in there. But I think, like looking ahead to next season for us, actually, if we can retain the squad that we've got at the moment, I think we know what we can go and do next season. Now, um, of the three of us, Billy is the is the one that was there at the weekend, and I think he wanted to ask this uh, this question. Yeah, personally. I mean, put it this way: like on on Sunday, I uh, I was at the ground and watched you um, live out something I've dreamed of doing since I was five. Uh, just 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 talk about what that's like 
the, the feeling of obviously working out, having your name read out in the team sheet at the start, hearing obviously the music over the tannoy, and then getting to score, get mobile teammates at St Mirren Park wearing a St Mirren kit. Like, I, I, I literally still dream of that at night sometimes. And, uh, it might still happen, Billy. It might still happen. No, I think... I, no, I think I think I think at twenty five, I think my chance is gone now. It's uh... really, I'm thirty three. You know, I've not written it off, so you never know. <laughs> Aye, but just what's that? What's that like? Like, I I I, I imagine um, fucking fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> no, I remember um, we had books when we were kids. Like, because my mum's been taking me to well, Love Street, obviously initially, but um, my mum's been taking me to spinning games literally since I was big enough that she could put me in the seat and it wouldn't flip back up. Um, <laughs> and we had these books uh, that you could like write yourself into and there was a smidden one and effectively they were bespoke. I think we got them as Christmas presents and that was kind of the story of it. it was like you get picked out of the crowd by Hugh Murray because like they're a man down and you go on and score a goal stuff. But we had these books as kids and then Mirren just did not have a women's and girls set up at all when I was kind of coming through. So I came through like at Celtic up until sort of under 15s and then um, yes, yeah, Mirren weren't really a fixture in, in women's football at all. And actually, I was at Queen's Park when I did my ACL. And again, like Smirren just didn't exist at that point. And then it was while I was injured that they sort of became established. And I don't know that I would have bothered, to be honest, to go and get the knee up and kind of go through that horrible year of rehab if it hadn't had that sort of carrot at the end of going to play for St Midden and at that point I didn't have in my head that there was a chance of playing at the stadium but um, yeah no it sounds so it sounds a bit daft doesn't it like that 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 it means something to score at the stadium and to be to be fair I, I get the same feeling actually pulling on the strip <laughs> whatever changing room we're in whether it's you know, Linwood's and effectively we get changed in like shipping containers um, <laughs> or, or, you know, in the home dressing room um, on Sunday. But um, yeah, it, it's it's always meant something to to play for some in and to wear the kit. But it does add something in the stadium with the announcer. Even, you know, playing on grass, the the, the neck of the pitch is amazing. Um, yeah. And everything about it feels completely different. I don't know if I could describe the feeling. You probably just you can see. <laughs> I think from the, <laughs> the photo what it what it kind of felt like. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like the the celebrations like right in front of me. Like I was in, I was in uh, M three, and it was like literally every food player one big pylon. Which uh, <laughs> no, it was a. Uh, it's nice. It's, it's don't know. I, I imagine imagine not everyone on the team. Support Smith and dreamed of playing for Smith specifically or what have you, but but no, you can definitely um you can definitely tell how uh, how important a moment it was like in the in, in the in, in the moment I suppose. I just to, to touch on that um kind of seeing those celebrations after the goal, but it does seem like there's a real kind of togetherness amongst the the kind of the individual squads at Smith and as a group as a whole. What's that like to be a part of? I know, I'm so relieved. Can you imagine? I joined because that was the dream and then they were all arseholes. But... <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh she, she scored again. Look at that, brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I was going to take the free kick. I'm so glad Kelly took it. It'd never have been on target. But <laughs> no, it's, 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 it's really feel good. Um, I would say, like, I think the club has has to take a lot of credit for that. Um, the... There's there's a, a good feeling I think around the club as a whole at the moment. Um, I know you're saying obviously a lot of the the women's players aren't 
St Mirren fans, some of them are, um, but they kind of are now. Um, so even where the girls did support other teams, actually the club really has come together as a community club and, you know, we, we, we do get tickets for the games. Um, and what that's resulted in is, you know, you see the academy players there, there's actually probably a bit of a, an extended fan base that didn't exist before. And, you know, people bring their kids. They're, some of those kids are already playing in the academy setup and they're good players. So there's probably something being built for the future there as well. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, I think what the club has done over the last couple of years, I think probably Keith Lasley deserves a fair bit of credit, I have to say, for since he's come in and, being very invested in, I guess, kind of not that that wasn't there before, it was, but from what just what from what I've observed, the club as a whole is very invested in the whole community sort of set up and as players, we really see that as well. It's all joined up now, I think. I think that's the it's not it's not that no one bothered before or anything, but just now there just seems to be a real through line. I think the the sponsorship and the kits we've, we've touched on loads of times, but I think, um, I can't imagine there's any someone fan that doesn't really appreciate that that's happened and it's it's throughout you know the men's side the academy girls academy and and the women's side I think all being part all wearing kit of the same quality of the same style it means when things like this happen and, and you are playing at the stadium you're playing in St Martin kit and all that, and it just adds a just adds an edge to it I think that just kind of as you say it's, it's togetherness isn't it and I think I think most people want to see St Martin do more than in terms of the club want to see them do more than just put you know, a, a team on the pitch and gone with it. I think they want the community to come with them. They want to recognise the folk that they're seeing coming back week after week and and see younger kids going and, and just find routes for new people who maybe wouldn't have, either wouldn't have gone to football before or if they were, maybe wouldn't have gone to St Martin. Just anything that encourages that kind of thing. And on a Sunday as well, I, I've um, I've only been down to one, um, one game this season, unfortunately, and it was the Edinburgh game at Moss Edge which, uh, which was a bit of a pumping um, but even then there was there was faces all around the all along the touchline that I re- that you know that I, I recognised from from seeing you know on, on a on a regular Saturday watching the men's side um, and, and there was a real passion for it it's just a slightly different atmosphere and you can kind of feel that bleeding back into the other side of the club as well actually and to go from from where it was even at that point in the season to where it is now it feels like there's been a really nice can development and progression to things next year, and surely that gives you a bit of confidence for, for next year as well. Yeah, and I think actually, Smithen fans deserve a lot of, of credit as well for for getting behind the women's team. I think we've always been really good as a community club at getting behind, you know, the, the club as a whole, um, financially, you know, and with other aspects as well. But, um, I, you know, with the women's team and kind of what I've seen since I've come in, that they're what it probably shows is a bit of foresight. I'm sure that, you know, with, with women's football, it's been the case for the Scottish game for a long time, being a bit behind the English game, but actually probably the level that we're currently playing at as a club within the women's setup, like we're not at the stage at the moment that necessarily that that's kind of going to bring returns for the club. But, um, you know, I think in the future that there's no reason it can't because it is at other clubs in Scotland now. So, um, I think it, it, it meant a lot to the girls that the vote was to support the, the pre-season trip because yeah. the pre-season trip did make a difference. Um, and, you know, the, the pre-season trip, actually, the plan 
this year is that it's a bit longer. Um, and the reason for that is because that allows the club to go and compete at a higher level while we're away um, and in different locations. Um, so what that means is I think probably slightly less of the really, really long travel there and back um, and a bit more probably football time out there. So um, it does mean a lot, I think, when the club, or especially when St Mirren fans get behind it. I've really felt that this week. But obviously, you're always going to get a bit of negativity on social media and that's kind of been levelled as a wee bit off the back of the post. But I didn't expect the club to pick up the you know, the goal at the stadium in the way that it did this week. Yeah. So, yeah, as a whole, it's been such a positive experience and hopefully the women's team, and I believe it will, give, some, give something back to the club in the future. I think people come now to, not, not accept as if it had to be accepted, but now come to expect that the women's team will be involved in things as well. You know, you'd like to think it will happen at least two times next season as well, if if not more, if it's it's possible. And, and I think we kind of touched on it, but I think it feels like the, the club as a whole are, are kind of listening and are awake to that now as well. Was it Livingston that announced their season tickets this week? And, yeah. Um, and I think the prices have gone up slightly, but that now also includes a season ticket to see the women's side. As well, more of these things happen, and you see results for it, and you see how everyone benefits for it. It's not about chucking the, you know, chucking the women's team an extra, an extra tenner to to see what they can do. It's there's benefits on both sides of that. You you engage more people, you get more people engaged as a whole, and both sides of that deal entirely benefit. So I think the more stuff like that happens, the more people take their kids along to to the game on Sunday and to to your normal games at Moss Edge or, or wherever they are. There's a, it's an investment. It's an investment of time, and you know I think it will bear fruit over over years for for both sides of it. So that, you know it just feels like there's a real air of positivity just now. It's it's really nice to to see. Yeah, a lot of people work really hard every day to make that happen. So I mean, the the coaching staff and a, and a lot of people working kind of behind the scenes to let us as players just go out and play. But um, a few of us have have picked up some coaching of you know the academy set up as well and that's important because it's important that we give back as well um and yeah i mean just to kind of finish off with with the kit obviously getting to be involved with the kit launch was <laughs> almost as good as going into the stadium i have to say particularly another of, of uh, another of billy's <laughs> dreams actually is to model a one kit of the hamels so you to that <laughs> one as well. honestly when uh, Stephen I, Thompson showed up that day, I like, no way. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't think it's anyone else's dream to watch me model a Spurden kit, but uh, that's uh, there you go. No, I, that was um, I, I, I yeah, when I seen that because that was the the first glimpse of the home top this year, mm-hmm. uh, first time any, any of us seen it, and uh, I almost feel sorry if this year's home top because it's really good, but no one will remember because of just like we've got people. Including actually the guys in this podcast demand we just wear the away kit every game anyway, just instead <laughs> because of how good it is. Uh, and yeah, no, but sorry, you're talking about the uh, talking about the academy and like doing like coaching that is that something that you because like growing up you never had the opportunity to uh, play for something or go through coaching something is that something that you see as being like extra important? within the local community sort of that young girls have can um you know can uh be coached that and play for something that there actually has a pathway for that and like going forward yeah i think i feel a bit of an onus or like i don't know like a bit of a 
a duty maybe just to 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 kind of give back and like I'm getting opportunities now you know that other people have worked really hard to give us so whether it has been playing at the stadium or the investment in us as a team um whether that's been through the fan votes or just from the club itself and I think but there's also the fact that obviously being involved in women's football I desperately desperately want something to be one of the clubs that is up there in the future so I, I think the 10-year vision sort of has to be to be up with City, you know, Rangers, Celtic, Hibs, Hearts, Ackies, all these teams that you now see consistently, A, at the highest level in club football in Scotland, but B, producing players for the national team. Um, that That is where I think St Mirren in the future sort of should be. So, um it's not really about us in our current stage of playing at the moment. As much as we want to do well for the, the club and get as far as we can in the next couple of years, it is actually about the players coming through because they're the ones realistically that are hopefully going to be at that level. Just to, to round things off then, your, um, is, is it your final fixture of the season on Sunday? I know, final game of the season. I'm a bit emotional about it being the last time we were the away kit. I know. <laughs> At least you got your hands on one. You know, that's that's one of the only routes to actually get one this year was to get into the women's side. Um the uh, going through to play them in Edinburgh on Sunday, are you gonna go through to Easter Road and make it a two there? I am, yeah. Tickets are tickets are sorted. My brother, there was no chance that, that he was missing that on Saturday. Yeah. So um no, we're, we're sorted for the Hibs game. Um and then we're a four o'clock kickoff through there on Sunday. So it'll yeah. be home on Saturday and then back through Sunday. Back through. Well, um, best of luck on, on Sunday and thanks so much for, for giving us some of your, your time tonight to, to chat things through. Hopefully, there plenty of occasions to, to maybe do this again next season as well. Yeah, absolutely. Not at all. Pleasure. Nice one. Cheers, Kira. Thank you very much. Cheers. Cheers. And we're back. Classy touch of, uh, of Kira to come on and, and join us and have a and have a chat about the whole thing. I would uh, listen to anyone talk about someone with that amount of passion. Yeah, yeah very much. It was top class, and uh, seriously, I think if if things continue to go the way they are, then I can imagine we'll have plenty to talk about next season as well. Um, to... Yeah, it's like, it seems like a really exciting time to be part yeah. of the squad. Um, I was I was looking at the table because one thing or fourth or fifth this year, and uh, it was I was I've listened to the re listened to Kate Cooper interview uh, the other day, and yeah, it was hard talk of like. The, the opportunity for promotion, which I, I, I don't know, I, I don't know if that's on the cards next year, but definitely seems like a, definitely seems like a target to get promoted, and then I think it's top two that get promoted. Yeah, do you know um, it took me just just looking through stuff because I like I just looking stuff on Twitter and trying to follow the league, and it would be really handy if the league on Twitter just done like wee lines underneath like the top two and that <laughs> kind of thing, just so I knew because it's you know since we're battling for promotion, I was like. How many go up? And I couldn't, I couldn't actually work that out. But uh, yeah, top two. I don't know. It de- definitely seems in play for next season. I guess. I suppose that that would be the target. So. And yeah, another top half finish. That's both men's and women's squad smashing the top six this year. So uh, Wrexham's yeah. uh, victory parade uh, was that Sunday or was it was it yesterday through the town? It was had last night. And, yeah, had both the men's and women's side having both won the the leagues. So someone men's side win the league next year. Someone WFC win the next year, win the league next year. Sorted, done. So why not? I think we'll be on the parade. We'll be bringing the league trophy and the conference league trophy as well. 
when we when we went to conference league. Oh, uh, my, my 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 liver just twitched at the thought of that. Period. That's why I was silent. Yeah, somewhere yeah. somewhere out there in the in the darkness, the guy that owns the beers, he's the, the hairs on the back of his neck just rose at the idea of two football teams to throw fireworks at. A box of fireworks is that not not yet precious soon. Yeah. So uh, from my from one cause for celebration to another. I will drag you kicking and screaming to talk about what's coming up for us. This weekend, we have our first post-split fixture. And potentially our most important, we are away to to Easter Road to face Lee Johnson, a a very small football manager, face his his Hibs side. How are you feeling about it or are you going? Yeah, I think it's... Yeah, I'm lucky enough to be going through. I think it's... um, If we're being honest, both... Teams are going to be looking at this one as the winnable tie to kick off the post-split um, games. Uh, we've got Hibs away and then Hearts at home the following week, so you'd maybe see those are the two games we are potentially most likely to get points from, and they'll be looking at Saturday thinking the same. So uh, it's a real, real big one, and Easter Road's not a, not a really massively happy hunting ground for us. I think my very short um, prep before this, I don't think we've won just twice in the past decade in Easter Road. One coming uh, Connor Ronan last year and then Billy Juicy 2014 I think. So well, 14 a... under it been Lennon's last season. It was game worth three yeah. now and then nearly fucked up. Uh, but, which, I mean this uh, this season if anything else is a season of kind of breaking records and ending r- bad runs so wouldn't put it past us to get anything. I think we talk about the performance of the Kilmarnock game I think that's very much just that's in the rear view now. It's, yeah. We'll go back to being the team before that rather than that game. And I'm quite excited. It's always a good day going through it. I've not actually been to Sir Road since Jim Goodwin's first game. Right. When I think we had about 12, 12 players all together. I, don't, I think did, it was pretty bare bones. I think they were. Did Junior Marais sell the jersey that day? You get played like a right wing back. I've, I seem to have a memory. I'm not sure. Actually, yeah. Maybe that was the later game in the in the season. Later game that season, they uh, drew two each. Right before was, COVID? Uh, it, was, uh, it was a month before COVID. It was Sam's birthday, actually, if I remember. Mm. Uh, but um, but no, the game in, um, the game Saturday, uh, going through as well, going to get the train through. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think I think Andrew's right, look, Th- th- this year I-, I got to watch St Midland win the for the first time in my life I've seen as, as soon as went to Tynecastle for the second time in my life like I uh, I've seen us win the Easter Road a couple of times but but it is a it is a huge game like I think I think last the, the Kilmarnock game was a very just a very strange atmosphere Alan and it was weird listening to you guys before it uh, talking about this as um, like ha- having having faith in this manager and this team and what have you which I do know I, I, on the most part I do but like I mean, some sometimes Man City plays right. So, like it doesn't matter who what, what team you are. Like how who if you're the best, it doesn't matter how good the season you have. Sometimes you just have a bad performance. Uh, the Kamara game was <laughs> fucking terrible, and which ain't really because if we'd won that game, we'd be we'd be three points ahead of Hibs here. Going to be like and right, a point off the of Hearts as well. Who exactly. you have to assume will lose at the weekend if they get Celtic in Edinburgh. Yeah, like you you go to Easter Road going right. Well, if we get a point, that's like. That'd be a really good result. Whereas at this point, getting a point would be like, it wouldn't be a disaster. Like I still, I still think, 
But you think about it, all we have to do is outperform Hibs in the next five games. Uh, I think that's possible. Like, I don't think Hibs are. I think Hibs are decent sides, but I, like I, I think, I think we're decent sides as well. Like I think uh, I don't think there's going to be a huge amount between us. And again, like finishing sixth would obviously still be still mark an excellent season based on uh, based on where a lot of people thought we might be at the start of the year. But I think at this point, to only finish sixth would be really, really disappointing. Like considering I've been, well, not really disappointing. I mean that's a stretch. But I've been like circling off like midweeks in July for going to Cyprus or Malta or fucking Kazakhstan or whatever. So to miss out in Europe from here would be a bit of a shame because you never know what's going to happen again. You never never know how uh, how close you're going to get again. You know, so. I think we'll um, I, I said something similar to this last week, but I'll, I'll repeat myself in the absence of anything else to say. <laughs> um, the command game was frustrating, but I think we were I think we were victims of ourselves in that. I think. Kamarnock, as Derek McInnes is very, very capable of doing, and he seems to he does seem to have something on his number in this regard. They knew they knew what they had to do. They they just sat back and threw the ball at us and forced us to to play football and they managed to defend what we could throw at them and they took advantage of the two chances that that they had and, and, and to be honest they could have had a another couple as well if, if their own finishing had been a bit better. We're not going to play a team like that again between now and the end of the season. Actually one of the Staffed, but I think one of the best things for Sutton from getting into the top six is that our last five games are going to be against teams where we can set up how how we want to set up basically how we've played in most of the games this season that have been our more impressive performances. I know we, we haven't we didn't do well at Easter Road earlier in the season, but I think I think things have have moved on since then. We're we're more capable on the road. And we I think we're we're kind of coming to a point now with a squad we've got where I think we're pretty comfortable with his back fit and everything else as, as well. I, I I see no reason to be I'm not, not gonna expect him three points or anything like it, but I just don't see no reason to be worried about going to play a hip side who are very much of a level with us, who we can if we play to our strengths at the back, but they shouldn't cause us that many problems. And if we if we do what we can do moving forward with some good experienced forwards and and midfielders like we have, then We've got every chance of, of doing what we did at the start of the season and taking one off them like we did with them um, with Keanu Bacchus way back when. So and we've then got another four games of a of a similar nature. I think there's there's every chance we do better with these five fixtures than we would have done with five six fixtures at the other end of the, the table. I, I I sincerely believe that. Yeah, yeah I, I think, think I, I, I think we're set I, up I, for it. Yeah, I think Hibs are a Hibs are a strange team because we beat them in August. Uh, was a third one at the road at the time, and I remember coming away from that game thinking, "Well, Hibs are Hibs are clearly shite, and Lee Johnson's clearly an idiot, and this is going to be they're going to be shite this year." And then we played them in October, and uh, we did, fucking they just ran over us. Like, we, we were oh, so okay. bad that day. I was I was we really well. I was on commentary for for that, and it was one of those games where you just know from you know ten minutes in that it is just not going your way. You can just feel it. A lot of guys for Hibs would tend to have quite quiet Saturdays were, were outstanding. And we, I think, did Tate not get done for a, a handball when his hand was behind his back or something, something uh, similar? It, it was a handball. I can't... A, a VAR penalty. I mean, it was. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not arguing against that. Yeah, but yeah, it, yeah. I mean, it was early days of VAR and we got done for a VAR penalty, which was entirely unintentional. Like... I, I, 
it was one of those days where we weren't going to do much and things clicked for Pebs. I, I don't see I don't see this one playing out in the same manner. Hibs yeah. have got every chance of, of, of putting us to the sword. Of course they do. But I don't see it getting played out in that same way. I think we'll give a much better account of ourselves. Yeah, I, I think, think one thing I'm kind of clinging to is that the um the that kind of hammering back in October was in that kind of period where we just couldn't play away from home. Yeah. Which I think <laughs> we seem to have kind of arrested slightly. But I, I, like I like you both touched on, I don't think there's much between two teams at all. One potential difference would be Kevin Nisbet, though. We seem yeah. to be back to pretty much his best. He's absolute flying at the moment. But whether we, we start Gallagher in the centre of a three or Shaughnessy, as we have done the past couple of games, I've got I've got faith in that back line, kind of keeping him quiet. And I think, I don't know, Hibs, you describe them as a kind of a weird team this season, which they are. They don't, they haven't really settled on a squad as such. I don't think they've started the same 11 in consecutive years. I think they've done it maybe two or three times this season. So, right. I, it's a kind of a weird one. Obviously, they've been unlucky with a few kind of major injuries, um, yeah. which you know I does think... happen if you if you sign Kyle McGuinness. But <laughs> it's... we get done by them kind of kitchen sinking it a bit when we were through there. Kiarovic had a great game and, and scored. I remember Porteous did did really, really well from, yeah. from from memory. But they didn't have that focal point of Nisbet, so they were forced to do something a bit different. They brought on I think he might actually have left now, the young um, striker that they, they signed from um uh from uh, what you Bodo Glimt. His name's uh, totally Runner. Oh no, um yeah, the Melkerson. Like nineties like, yep. boy band, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um <laughs> And just everything, yeah. everything came off for him. I think we made um, we made Ewan Henderson. He's a talented footballer, but I think we made him look like a bit of a world beater. And then we did the same again when he came on against us in the in the previous one. Now I think they're a slightly different side now. Um, some of that's good, but I, th- I almost feel like a team that you kind of know what they're going to do, and they've got that figurehead. We tend to be a bit better playing against even against Kilmarnock again. You kind of think you know what you're getting with Dodge and the cell and think they're a pair of jobbers and they ended up just, you know, ragdolling us for a bit and, and chucking us about. I don't know if it maybe suits us to kind of know that everything's going to end up going towards Nisbet and, and maybe our three centre-halves are a bit more prepared to, to deal with that than having no idea what they were doing against. I mean, that Hibs team that beat us 3-0 still had Martin Boyle in it. That was the game when he went off <laughs> injured um, and did not miss the World Cup off the back of it. Um, unless I've got my dates wrong. Or was that just after? It was. It was full World Cup. It was the yeah. end of October. I think he yeah, was the ninth. It was there. I get married. So oh, yeah, something, go. something good came of that defeat. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. Um, but, but yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm clutching at straws, but I, I just don't have the fear that I would normally fear of of games like this. I think the five fixtures we've got left in a normal season, I'd be like, oh god. You know, yeah. you never totally give up on things. We might do it, but I'm just hoping by five o'clock, I'm not. Cursing a 5 0 defeat or, you know, one of those Saturday ruining scorelines. And I I just don't feel like that's going to happen. There's every you, chance it will. You touched on it before. Like, you have to assume it's between us and Hibs for that fifth place, right? I think um, so. If I take, if I kind of try and separate and look objectively at it, I would back a Sutmern against the, the so called big teams, Aberdeen. The old firm, I'd back us at Murn against them more than I would the Hibs. Yeah, yeah. So, if 
we matched them on Saturday or beat them on Saturday, then I think it's very much in our hands going forward. Yeah. And kind of should that oh. fifth place be a European place, then ours for the taking. It's no, also the sorry, Billy. No, I, I, I think so. I think I don't know. I, I'm not saying we should like. I don't. I'm not saying we should like target to draw the game on a on Saturday. Like I, I think it is winnable. I think it's. I think it is there for the taking. But I think I think the Hearts game at home is a more winnable game on the most part than this one. And if we can, because basically, I mean, if we're going to assume that uh, Hibs' goal difference is going to remain better than ours in the next five games, then we do need to like get more points than them somewhere. And Hearts at home is like a Hearts at home is the obvious one for that because I think. The, the, these next two games, I, I do. I, I think we said last week. I do like the order of it. I like the we get these two, and then you get to play the top three at points where they are maybe on the beach or like resting players or aren't fully at it. Don't go wrong. Yeah, I understand. It's, it's Celtic, fallen in our Celtic, favor. I understand Celtic can rest eleven players, not be at it, and still be us. Like I'm not fucking daft. I know that can happen, and and Rangers as well. But I think. Uh, the the way it's the way it's lined up is ideal. The only problem is a uh, Aberdeen midweek again. Which, if put it this way, if if we actually do get the result on Saturday, I will be putting in those days off work on the way home to get uh, to get to Aberdeen because I've um, I've been at every away game this season and they gave us Aberdeen away midweek again. I was like, for fuck's sake! But uh, but the idea of being being in attendance to watch St Mirren secure European football. If that's on the cards, I can't miss it. It's, yeah, it's, it's not yeah. that, that, that that's not a missable thing uh, for 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 me anyway. So yeah, we I was going to I was going to talk some more about there, Billy, but I think that's the the note that we end this on. <laughs> I think that's the that's the one boy has a dream note that I want to that I want yeah. to finish this. Uh, this this episode is is largely focused on your dreams, Billy, and I like that. Yeah. Um... <laughs> yeah, I've not nothing else to add there. That's what yeah. we are. We're, we're facilitators of dreams. Yeah, if 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 you told me a couple of years ago that I would get to be on a podcast with two guys like, chatting about St. Martin, I'd be like, I mean, yeah, probably. That's, that's, that sounds about right. And then, you know, <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> it's nothing personal against the guy, but having literally just before I recorded this, listened to an interview where he claims that he was a regular at Love Street, I'm going to throw in a quick fuck Bobby Madden to end, I'm gonna go uh, with... end the podcast. I'm going to go with a fuck Boots the Chemist. <laughs> Great choice. Uh, I've done no preparation for this. I'm just going to say uh, fuck Sam Smith. Not the not the singer, the, the podcaster. Um, fuck him. Sam Smith at Open Goal fame. Yeah, yeah he's uh, Sam, Sam Smith who's now pals with Rickson goalkeepers and thinks he's better than us now. So there you go. Yeah, fuck Open Goal for taking away our Sam Smith and uh, then taking him onto your, your upper tier of, of podcast fame. I'm not happy, and we will have him back. So, but uh, you know, he's too big to show up for this podcast. So, yeah, true. Uh, it's already it's already started. But there we are. Nice book time there. Thanks for listening. Chuck us three pounds if you want to listen to the Patreon, and uh, enjoy your weekend. We'll see you later. Bye. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. <laughs>